Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Husmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger, we do it better, we do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. So relax. Here's your host, Husmo Black. Hey y'all, welcome. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. You got me Hushmo driving this train this evening. April 9th, y'all, 2020. What did I say? No, it's not April, y'all. Forget that. It's May. May Day. May 9th, y'all, 2020. Hushmo, get your head into it. Hey, got a great show for you this evening, y'all. Yeah, so much is going on in the world. Obviously, the coronavirus is Still front and center. Hey, we ain't going to get rid of that thing for two or three more years, y'all. We ain't going to get uh, through that thing for two or three more years. The president's talking about the economy going to jump back. The economy can't jump back. 40,000 people out of work, y'all. Half of them ain't going to come back. Half those jobs ain't coming back, y'all. Of course, the president knows that. He's trying to spin this thing, y'all. The president knows uh, half those jobs are not coming back. He's trying to open the economy up now. Uh, most restaurants uh, is, uh, can't operate uh, with a full house. They uh, anywhere from fifty to twenty-five percent. You know, you can't <laughs> you you can't uh, uh, grow the economy uh, with the uh, 25% of the customers sitting in uh, Olive Garden or Outback Steakhouse or Ruth Crisp or wherever. <laughs> it's crazy, y'all. Scary, too. These are crazy times, y'all. You know what we do out here on the Hushville platform? We advocate, y'all. Advocate for social justice. Over half of Americans of African descent. Not because we don't love everybody, we do love everybody. Just by extension, uh, we being from that community, we find ourselves advocating that way. And Lord knows, <laughs> right now, we need all the advocates that we can get, yeah. I don't know why it is that uh, every c- catastrophe that come along, the poor people are more negatively uh, impacted by this thing, yeah. How, why is that? Can anybody tell me why that is? Seems like poor people always get uh, negatively impacted. We got a call in, y'all. We ain't taking calls yet, but we do got a free call in number one eight 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 five eight eight three eight one four. We're not. Uh, we're gonna uh, open the monologue first, y'all. <laughs> hey, quick, quick, artists. My first uh, venture into rock and roll, y'all, was because of uh, one Mr. Little Richard. Uh, Richard Penniman died today. Yeah, Little Richard was the biggest thing in, at one time, the biggest thing in 
in rock and roll. Yeah, Little Richard, y'all, back in the 50s when I was coming up. Little Richard, uh, Tutti Frutti. Uh, Lucille was always my... <laughs> Lucille was always my favorite uh, Little Richard uh, cut. Uh, I don't know. Uh, y'all might have some more, but, uh, yeah, Lucille was always mine. So, <laughs> I, I don't know what it was about that song, but he did Tootie Fruit. He did so many good golly, Miss Molly. Uh, he uh, hit, uh, uh, I guess, uh, the crossover thing came when he did uh, the soundtrack of The Girl Can't Help It. Uh, James Mansfield was the uh, star of that movie, and Little Richard uh, did the uh, soundtrack. The girl can't help it. Uh, we're going to be playing uh, homage to uh, Little Richard this evening, uh, but we got a, a lot of other things to do. But uh, that's one of the things we're going to do. Let's pay homage to uh, Little Richard uh, on the show. We got a free call in number, y'all. We taking calls right now, but the call-in number is one eight 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 five eight eight three eight one four. It's free call-in to the Hushbow Black Forum, where our motto is to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer, and out of necessity, y'all, we'll do it louder than anybody out here on Blog Talk. Uh, y'all, hang on. we got a great, great show coming for you. Uh, yeah, we're going to, uh, no doubt, we got to talk about the... Uh, coronavirus and how that thing is wreck, uh, 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 reaping uh, havoc on the, the country here, y'all. That thing is seriously uh, uh, crazy, y'all. Uh, we got some thoughts about it. <laughs> we got some thoughts about it, y'all. We're going to be getting all that to you uh, uh, coming up here. Y'all just hang in there. Uh, we'll... Uh, We'll get back with you, and we'll we'll get into all of that uh, after we. Uh, I'm gonna play a couple of cuts from. Uh, uh, I just I'll get into a little of uh, this uh, little Richard. I want to send our condolences out to his family. Uh, yeah, he's from Macon, Georgia. He's an old Georgia boy, so I, I got. Uh, I'm. Uh, connected to him that way uh, also. Um, but yeah, a uh, little richer, y'all. Go on it. Hey, y'all. Uh... Hey, hey. Welcome back. Uh, I don't know this thing cut off. Something must be in the air, y'all. Anyway, welcome back to the Hushmo Black Forum. You got me Hushmo Steel driving this train this evening. We got kind of interrupted there. But uh, I ain't had something to do with my Skype connection. Hey, y'all. We got a great... We're going to get back out here. We're going to play this one more time and see... We're playing homage to... uh, a great, great uh, American artist, Little Richard, Richard Pennington from Macon, Georgia, y'all. Little Richard back in the 50s, early 60s was the biggest thing in rock and roll, y'all. Yeah, I'm going to play tribute. 
That's no here to say, y'all. This thing, this thing gonna be with us the next five, ten years, y'all. My, in my estimation, it's just uh, no, it's not going anywhere, y'all. Because first of all, we don't have any any kind of uh, medicine to treat it. We're not uh, the government is not uh, the president hasn't uh, 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 marshaled the federal government uh, up to uh, create uh, enough testing to uh, open the society back up uh, safely. Um, he uh, put it on the states so that the, uh, obviously he won't, uh, he's looking for somebody to blame. Uh, this guy's looking for somebody to blame. Uh, and uh, with 80,000 Americans dead, uh, it's going it's to be pretty hard to do. It's going to be pretty hard to look past that president. Yeah. When you start uh, delving out blame, <laughs> Hey, obviously, the president didn't create the coronavirus, but the buck stopped right there, yeah, with the president. Any uh, kind of catastrophe that uh, befalls the nation, uh, depending on how uh, the president uh, deal with it, uh, is how the people is gonna uh, is gonna judge him, and uh, I. From my uh, vantage point, uh, the guys did a lousy job so far. Yeah, the guys done a lousy job. That's just uh, a fact. Uh, that's just a fact. Yeah, I you know I've never seen anything like it in my uh, years of uh, watching politics and. Uh, I don't know. It's depressing, y'all. Even to me, I've, you know, it's hard to depress someone like me. I, hell, I made it through Vietnam, and and uh, <laughs> that wasn't no, that wasn't no easy chore, y'all. But uh, so it's hard to uh, something really to uh, depress me. But this thing has got me depressed, y'all. I, you know, I this thing's got me depressed, yeah. I tell you what, uh, <laughs> this, this thing is just crazy. Yeah. Uh, they got outbreaks in uh, these meatpacking factories uh, all over the country now. Smithfield, Tyson, uh, and a few others. Uh, meatpacking factories, y'all. Something's going on there. I'm not sure what. Uh, but uh, one of the things that came to my attention here uh, the last few days, and I don't know, I, I, somehow I overlooked it, the Smithfield uh, packing, meat packing, uh, is owned by China. Smithfield is wholly owned by China. It appears as though they bought them out in 2013 for like $4.7 billion. At the time, it was the largest purchase of an American company by China. It's 2013. Uh, that's crazy to me. Uh, why this country would ever allow China to become <laughs> so intricately involved in feeding 
uh, our uh, population is beyond me. So something's wrong with that. You know, seems like to me the government should have stepped in and locked that cell. What's happening now is they not only bought Smithfield, but they bought the, up the headquarters there in Virginia, some hundred forty-nine thousand acres of 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 land here in this country. Uh, Smithfield is growing hogs, raising hogs for uh, this Chinese company, shipping the hogs over to China for them to be slaughtered, packaged, and shipped back here to the United States for us to eat. Hey, uh, hey, I I ain't got nothing against China, y'all, but (laughs) guess what? The husband will not be eating any more Smithfields <laughs> products, y'all. I'm sorry. I just, uh, uh-uh. I believe that meat, hogs who's raised here <laughs> like that. Uh, in fact, I'm getting off pork altogether. <laughs> Man, hey, I'm getting off it all together, y'all. At least I'm cutting way back. Oh, I'm still going to eat some chitlins <laughs> every once in a while. <laughs> but, uh, oh, no, Smithfield is out, y'all. I'm sorry. Uh, that was a bad deal. <laughs> that was a bad, bad deal, y'all. And I don't care who who approved of it, but that was a bad, bad deal. China should not <laughs> be... St- <laughs> uh, hey, y'all. Uh, that's just a little... Uh, for your information, uh, Smithfield Food uh, Packing, uh, uh, that big outbreak of the coronavirus up in Iowa, y'all, uh, that big Smithfield Packing thing is owned by China. Something is wrong there. I, something is wrong, y'all. I don't know. Uh, and the, no wonder the president want them open hell, China. Uh, <laughs> He tried to do $250 billion worth of business with China, and then uh, at the same time blame them for concealing the uh, uh, coronavirus. Yeah, right. Why is it that the richest country in the world, the United States of America, have 35 times more death per capita than South Korea or any other country in the world? Why is that? Is this one of these famines that uh, that's disproportionately affecting this country for whatever reason? My doctor, I was Went in to see my doctor. Oh yeah, I got one of those antibody uh, anti- antibody uh, tests for the coronavirus. If I had any antibodies uh, of that uh, virus within my body, I don't know. I just got the test yesterday, so I haven't got the results yet. I'm curious to see. Uh, but I haven't had the flu y'all since I was 14. <laughs> I haven't had the flu since I was in junior high school in the 60s. So I. 
you know, I, I, uh, but I'm curious to know whether or not I have any of the uh, coronavirus antibodies, and I'll know that like it's in a day or so as soon as we finish working it up. But uh, why is that thing hidden? Uh, the most powerfulest, the richest country in the world. And nobody in this country, from the president on down, especially the president, seemed to be able to do anything about it in a way that you you would think a country this rich uh, could deal with it. A country this rich should be able to deal with uh, this uh, pandemic in a much more coordinated, uh, a much more effective away you think but for somehow that's not the case that's not the case uh, something's going on here my doctor said that uh, this might be one of those uh, famines that uh, is being driven is being driven by a higher power This is my doctor talking. I mean, my doctor's all we talk about all kinds of stuff. You know, my doctor. I've been this guy been my doctor for twenty years. I mean, <laughs> we 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 talk politics from time to time, but uh, he he suggests that this thing, to, as far as he could see it, his perspective on it is that this thing is being driven by a power much uh, higher than man. A God, if you will, if you, you know, your higher power is, you refer to your, this higher power uh, of yours as God. That's, you know, that's what, this is my doctor talking now, y'all. Hey, I'm not, I can't totally disagree with him. Can't, you know, I can't totally disagree with that guy, y'all, because the more I think about it, the more I look at it, uh, something's driving this thing. Something's crazy. I've never seen anything like this. This country should be able to deal with this uh, pandemic in a much, 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 much uh, more cohesive uh, a way than uh, what's going on here now, y'all. This this thing got way out of control. The federal government is out of it. The federal government is out of it, period. Now, obviously, a lot of this has to do with this, uh, the, uh, the inability of, uh, of this president. Uh, to deal with, uh, he's way, he's in way over his head, y'all. This guy's in way, way, way over his head, and uh, uh, we, American citizen, uh, is paying the price for it. American citizens is paying the price for uh, the, uh, this guy. Uh, but yeah, my doctor uh, seemed to think that uh, this might be some kind of moral. Uh, issue we got going on here in the country uh, or lack thereof. Uh, I've said on this show a number of times, uh, I, you know, I was, I was shocked that uh, the president, this president got elected, first of all. This guy is, uh, 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 his moral compass is not quite uh, where it should be. In my mind, you know, I'm not, you know, this or that when it comes to religion. 
I do have uh, some spirituality about me, but this guy, uh uh-uh. This guy's, you know, way, way, way off kilter when it comes to uh, morality. And that might be what's going on here, (laughs) y'all, with this virus thing. I don't know. Who am I? You know, I'm just uh, looking at a conversation I had with my doctor trying to uh, (laughs) uh, analyze it. But, uh, yeah. This thing, this thing got the potential to kill more Americans than anything since the Civil War. I mean, 400,000 Americans died in World War II, but this thing made uh, past that number. 600,000 died in the uh, Civil War. 600,000 Americans died. That's the most uh, prolific uh, uh, carnage that uh, we've ever uh, experienced in a war. 600,000. This thing be around two or three, five more years, y'all. And you know, telling how many, if this thing lasts as long as the Civil War, I venture to say that this thing's going to surpass those numbers, y'all, in terms of uh, Americans dying. If this thing lasts as long as the Civil War, I predict that it will kill more Americans than died in that war. That was about a five-year war. Civil War lasts for about five years. If this thing, if this virus is around five years from now, I will. I'm betting that this thing killed more Americans than the Civil War did. And according to Lincoln, according to Lincoln in the second inaugural address, he uh, concluded that. Man lost control of that war. <laughs> that human, human, human. He and the South, Lee and Jefferson Davis and all them boys uh, that was conducting that war. Abraham Lincoln said that uh, that war had got out of uh, uh, out of their hands, and that some higher power was orchestrating uh, that civil war. It was much greater than man. According to Abraham Lincoln, uh, he said everybody wants to bring that war to an end. But for some reason, that war kept going on and people kept dying and being killed and maimed in that civil war when everybody on both sides all praying to the same God. <laughs> wanted to end that war, but the war continued unabated. In fact, that war continued until Abraham Lincoln started having nightmares about it. Abraham Lincoln started having nightmares about just what it was going on. Uh, Why? Why was it that that war that everybody wanted to end continued on? I don't know if it came to him in a dream or he went to his butler or somebody. 
he went to it, they finally told him that that war would end when and only that uh, slave institution was had came to an end, and they put something in that constitution to uh, guarantee that uh, that that was the case. Hence the Thirteenth Amendment. Hence the Thirteenth Amendment. This remember the Emancipation Proclamation. He had or he had uh, uh, issued that thing in nineteen eighteen sixty three. But this is two years later. That war is still going on. People still dying. And uh, something came to him in a dream or something that uh, told him that uh, he would have to, uh, in order to bring that war to an end, include some kind of amendment to the Constitution that... uh, uh, made sure that uh, slavery in the legal document of the country, the Constitution, uh, something in there that uh, put an end to it. Because the emancipation was not part of the Constitution, so that didn't, uh, obviously, uh, well, yeah, he that freed some slaves there in the District of Columbia. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so he got uh, he got that Thirteenth Amendment uh, uh, passed, and uh, sure enough, that war came to an end. Yeah, that war came to an end after six hundred thousand Americans had died. Hundred thousand of those Americans, by the way, was Americans of African descent, black folks, slave ex slaves, or slaves, and as I say, they was fighting and died in that Civil War to the tune of uh, about 100,000 of them, you know, maybe more than that. You know, white people had black folks doing all kinds of things. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, we, uh, but that's, you know, if, in fact, there's a parallel here, there might be a parallel between this coronavirus and that civil war, yeah. If, in fact, both of them has to do with a morality imbalance in this country. Certainly, you can see it, uh, in 1861, when you had some four, four to five million people in slavery, <laughs> surely uh, uh, morality was out of balance uh, in that instance. But here today, here today, you still got a lot of poor <laughs> black and brown people uh, who uh, are being uh, are forgotten. Uh, and and this coronavirus uh, points that up because uh, uh, a disproportionate number of 
black and brown and poor people, white poor people. Hey, you know, hey, poor people, it's, it's a lot of white poor people in this country too, y'all. They suffer from the same, same uh, uh, disadvantages as poor black people, by the way. It's quite a tip. But, uh, yeah, so both of those things could have some uh, similarity. If uh, some higher power is driving uh, this corona coronavirus uh, famine that's, that has been heaped upon us, if a higher power is driving this and also a higher power is driving that uh, a civil war to rid the country of the uh, uh, sin of uh, slavery. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can see a parallel. I can see a parallel. And, uh, yeah. Today it seems as though uh, the rich, the rich of this country, this country's wealth, the wealthiest nation in the world, has lost sight of the poor uh, in the downtrodden. That's what it appears. In effect, I heard a preacher say about a parable in the Bible where a rich man lost sight of his poor brother, <laughs> went to hell, not because he was rich. He went to hell, not because he was rich. God, don't mind if you're rich. <laughs> It's what you do uh, with your wealth. Uh, is, uh, uh, this, this is a parable from the Bible, y'all, that I heard this preacher talking about. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, this rich guy in the Bible with the hell, uh, not because he was rich, but because he uh, lost sight of his poor brothers. It said that, in effect, he maximized the minimum and minimize the maximum. That appears to be, uh, in a strange way, what this country uh, here, this United States of America, is, is, has done for the last 150 years after the Civil War. That uh, is to uh, maximize the minimum and minimize the maximum. The maximum being the 90% of the poor people the minimum being the ten percent of the rich, upside down now, how they look at uh, equality here, maximizing the minimum, maximizing the benefit of the ten percent, and minimizing the benefit of the maximum ninety percent. It's heavy, yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. Hey, you don't get the high school to preach it now. Well, you know, preach it. I just uh, got that from a preacher. <laughs> maximizing the minimum and minimizing the maximum. That's what's going on here in this country today, y'all. And from a moral standpoint, uh, it throws the country's 
moral authority out of balance. Yeah, that throws the country's moral authority out of balance. When you maximize the minimum and minimize the maximum, yeah. Hey, y'all, uh, got me Hushbo driving this train this evening, y'all. Uh, we're going to take a quick pause for the calls here, y'all. Uh, we'll be back. Y'all uh, hang in there. Advocated on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to know what you are. 
Richard. Richard, I uh, I came in contact with little Richard back in I believe it was around nineteen fifty seven. I was young, you know. 10, 11, 12 years old, 19, 12 years old, I think. Um, the Girl Can't Help It came out, the movie. And um, Little Richard did the uh, soundtrack for The Girl Can't Help It. Let's, let's see. Um, Jane Mansfield, Marilyn Monroe looked alike, starred in that picture. Uh, this is Little Richard. This is my first uh, contact with him. Right here. Yeah, yeah, the girl can't help it, y'all. Now that that came out in the fifties, y'all. And this is this is Little Richard singing uh, the song. Have you listened to the lyrics talking about this white girl that's got a figure made to squeeze, and he's hoping someday that her answer would be that she's in love with him. Now this is pretty heavy stuff here, y'all, for the fifties. A little Richard, uh, uh, oh. I don't know how many. I, I don't know. I saw that movie in Ohio. I don't even know if they played that movie in Mississippi. <laughs> hey, hey, I don't know. I, I moved north at the time. I don't even know if they played that movie in the fifties in Mississippi, y'all. The girl can't help it. James Mansfield was the star of that movie. I don't even know what the movie was about. All I remember is Little Richard doing the uh, the soundtrack. But uh, yeah, this guy was big. Uh, <laughs> this guy was big, and now uh, I say he was big. My my favorite 
little Richard record of all of his songs was this one. Uh, let's see. I, I used to love this record right here. I don't know why, but this is little Richard's. Come on, yeah, where's that? Yeah. I don't know why we can't turn. Okay, yeah, here we go. Yeah, at 87, y'all. 
Rest in peace, brother. Got a free call into the Hushmore Black Forum. one 3814 We don't take many calls out here on the Hushmore Black Forum. Uh, we will take a call or two. Uh, got something to say, but uh, yeah, we enjoy talking, you know? <laughs> no doubt. Uh, for, yeah, for y'all information, Tyson Foods is American-owned steel. It's, uh, I believe, the largest uh, meatpacking company in the world, y'all. Tyson Foods, some $40 billion uh, value on it. But uh, I I couldn't believe that this Smithfield thing, they they got a factory up there in North Carolina that slaughters 39,000 pigs a day. Y'all heard me right. They they got a slaughtering house up there in North Carolina that slaughters 39,000 pigs a day. I, you know... (laughs) You know, something, something about this whole industry here, this whole awakening, my new awakening to the fact that Smithfield's owned by China is just digging into the meat packing process. You know, they have to kill, this one plant kill 39,000 hogs a day. That's a lot of animals, y'all. I, you know, I, I ain't particularly in love with hogs, but. Something is, something is crazy about that to me. I mean, killing 39,000 animals? Oh, well, this is one. How the hell are you breeding them, like, uh, out of test tubes or something? I, you're killing 39,000 hogs a day, slaughter. I, I'm going to look at my diet real close, y'all. I promise you that. I'm going to be cutting back on pork. I'm going to be cutting back on it. Yeah, that's it. I, 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 you know, I'm well, <laughs> I'm past my prime, you know, so, but at my late date, it probably ain't going to matter that much, but uh, nevertheless, I'm cutting back. I'm cutting back way, way, way back. I, you know, I just, I might be able to save one of the third damn thousand hogs that they slaughtered every day. Y'all still stay safe out there. Stay out of the crowded places. Keep your social distances. If you don't have to go to work, don't go. If you can stay at home, work from home, work from home. If you can't work from home and feel that the work you have to go to is unsafe. Don't go. Don't go. <clears throat> two uh, two people in the president's orbit tested positive. One was the uh, president's valet. Another one was the vice president's press secretary, a lady by the name of Katie Miller, who happens to be uh, Stephen Miller's wife. You, oh, you know Stephen Miller. He's the guy that's in charge of uh, the immigration policy. <laughs> the guy who never seen a, a immigrant that he, 
that he didn't like, or uh, that he did like, <clears throat> was his wife. Young lady, young people, y'all. Stephen Miller was like 32 years old when this guy took office. I don't know how he got that position he got. He's one of the president's senior advisors. He drives a lot of the uh, immigration policy for this country at the age of 32. Can you imagine that? And they're all walking around that West Wing with no face masks, no social distances, hugging and kissing and uh, lollygagging. And uh, I don't wish this on nobody, y'all. I don't wish it on nobody. Lord knows uh, <laughs> I pray, I'm praying for them all from the president on down, y'all. This thing passing by. But uh, something is wrong, y'all. <laughs> something is wrong here. I, that guy's wife is positive, positive now. If they all walking around like they uh, uh, portraying uh, what is portrayed in a portrait of uh, her and the rest of uh, the people that working at West Wing just last week, uh, it's a lot more people going to come up positive, y'all. It's a lot more people that working at West Wing is going to come up positive. It's all the virus thing, y'all. And I don't know. I don't know how this thing... This thing is taking a lot of people out, y'all. I pray for them all. But uh, it's not a good thing when two people close to the president and the vice president come up positive, y'all. You think that the uh, president and that whole group take this thing a lot more serious. I think it's serious. This thing ain't no joke. This thing ain't no joke, of course. If my doctor is right, this thing may have gotten out of out of control, out of the control of man, out of control of the leaders of this country. This thing may have gotten out of their control. Somebody else may be something else. A higher power may be driving this thing. I don't know. Um, a higher power might be driving this thing, huh? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to take another break, y'all. Y'all hang in there. I'll be right back. Yeah, me hush while driving this train this evening. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmore Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., right here in cyberspace.
Hey, y'all, welcome back. Welcome back to the National Black Forum. It's just a little left for you to talk out. I think uh, the Reverend Freddie Hayes for y'all. Great, great uh, speaker. That, uh, when I'm trying to make sense of things, I always like to listen to this particular sermon by the Reverend Freddie Hayes. wasn't a sermon. It was really a speech. I think he gave the speech uh, for the National Action Network, headed up by Al Sharpton, the Reverend Al Sharpton, some years ago. I think it seemed like it was like 2007, maybe before Barack Obama got to be president, I know. So it had to be around 2007, I guess it was, here in Atlanta, I heard. Anyway, I'm going to keep this up for y'all. Y'all uh, listen, just uh, button up and listen, tape it if you want to, because it's rare. But uh, Reverend Freddie Hayes, uh, y'all tape this.
officers that were talking all over TV about being beyond race ended up having to slip in the genus sideways themselves. <laughs> because that's what movements do. Movements yeah. make you have to adjust. And when you have a movement, the whole thing has to readjust around that. Because people don't want to hear about your new Mercedes when their kids get locked up. People are not impressed with your private jet if you ain't landed nowhere. And that is what we've been able to do this year, but it began last year. And I think that that is why we've got to keep the structure going. Just like now, Martin and, 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 and uh, Charles Steele and, and many of us announced yesterday, we're going to Washington November 16th. Because you can't stop at G. The fight has been, and we laid it out at the first social justice conference at Friendship West in Dallas. This is a fight that started since this nation started. A, not only with chattel slavery, but whether or not this country was going to be controlled by the states or by a centralized government. That's what the Civil War was all about. And what we're looking at is states' rights versus a federal government. Louisiana said we'll handle it in our state. We don't have hate crime for hate nuisance for juveniles. We're saying the federal government, but you've got to protect federal law. We're saying Florida's saying, well, the boot camp thing, that's a Florida thing. Georgia said, well, Janalo Wilson, that's a Georgia thing. That's states' rights. And many of us that are in the pulpit don't understand we are not fighting conservatives. We're fighting Confederates. These people are committed to a confederate form of government. And every time blacks allowed them to slip back into states' rights, that's how they kept slavery under states' rights. That's how they kept segregation under states' rights. The only thing that protects us is a centralized federal government that's held accountable. That's why we've got to take the fight to Washington. I just tell Freddie Hayes, people say to me, why haven't the federal government done anything? The question is why we haven't demanded they do something. Well, did y'all think they were going to wake up one morning and volunteer to help? When have we gone to the Justice Department in mass? But if we sit around waiting on them to break in the news and say, we've decided we're going to be nice to Negroes today, that ain't never happened. So based on what pressure is the Justice Department going to respond? And if we haven't put the pressure there, that's what the 16th is about. Come on in. Welcome this morning, Judge Greg Mathis joining us this morning. Come on in, Judge. Right here, right here. And he a real, he ain't just a TV judge now. And a real leader. So this fight is about centralized federal government as opposed to states' rights. That's what Gina's about. When we went in, met with the uh, U.S. prosecutor for uh, the Louisiana Western
Brother Desmond marched around the Justice Department seven times, like Joshua was going to say. Seven times.
Baptist said is on target, and that is Reverend Al Sharpton is there for us. And my thing is, since he's got our back, we got to have his back. And uh, so we thank God for him. And that is why uh, we are committed uh, to bringing as many people as possible from Dallas to D.C., uh, because it's important that we take a stand and that we be seen uh, in a powerful way saying that justice uh, must be for all uh, in these yet-to-be United States of America. Now, uh, Dr. Oprah Hendricks is about to speak in a moment, so I basically should just introduce him. That's a bad brother right there. Uh, when you talk about theology, hermeneutics, I mean, you can't get no better than Oprah Hendricks. He is, he are bad, so, uh, and I know <laughs> that we have uh, buried the N-word, so permit me to say he's a bad N-word, so uh, we look forward uh, to what God will do also want to give some major props to our host pastor, uh, Pastor McMichael. This is a marvelous, marvelous ministry here at Mount Nebo. We thank God for you and for your great ministry. I want to uh, lift up that passage that presides over our gathering uh, this morning, this week, uh, and remind you, Reverend Sharpton is preaching tonight. Uh, he can preach the horns off of Billy Goat if you have yet to hear him preach, so make sure uh, that you don't miss them. Amos chapter 5 verse 24 says, But let justice roll down as waters and righteousness as an ever-flowing stream. I want to lift up uh, that passage and simply talk about makes me want to holler. Makes me want to holler. That's what I want to talk about uh, for the next few moments. I think it was uh, one writer who dared to declare that if the other planets are inhabited, then the earth must be their insane asylum. Why? Because this is a crazy world. It's a crazy world with crazy people who will do crazy things and make you out to be the crazy one. It's a crazy world. As a matter of fact, the, the craziness of this world is reflected in too many instances in the injustice, especially in what Maya Angelou calls these yet-to-be United States of America. It's so crazy that in this nation it is said that 70% of all persons who are incarcerated are behind prison bars because of petty drug-related offenses, and yet instead of increasing funding for treatment, we instead continue to build more prisons. That is downright crazy. It's crazy that we have a president who is not elected but selected. As a matter of fact, whenever the selected president walks in, we must all rise and sing hail to the thief. But this president who was selected in the year 2000, sadly, sinfully, and shamefully, has never served a moment of time in the military, and yet he has no problem whatsoever sending our children into a war that was misbegotten and has been mismanaged. Trillions of dollars are going to be spent on a war that we never should have gotten in in the first place. I declare it's a crazy war that has been mismanaged by a crazy president. This is a crazy world. If indeed the other planets are inhabited, I'm sure that this must be the insane asylum. There are crazy things that continue to go on, especially my brothers and sisters in our treatment. Watch this. Of injustice. I 
believe it was Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five who declared how crazy this thing was back in the day. It's like a jungle. Sometimes it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. <laughs> it's like a jungle. Sometimes it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. And then Grandmaster said, don't push me because I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my... Y'all ain't been in church all your life. and 
over time, the poor were getting poorer, the rich were getting richer at the expense of the poor, and the book lets us know that out onto the stage of scripture bounces this Old Testament prophet, this minor prophet with a major message. His name was Amos out of Tekoa, and the book says he begins his ministry by basically standing on the stage there in scripture without an invitation. He's not been invited to preach in service that day, but Amaziah, who has been scheduled to preach, hadn't heard from God, and Amos lets him know, since you ain't heard from God, God ain't speaking through you. I'm on assignment today, and he stands up and declares, check them out in the opening passages of the book that bears his name, that in a real sense, don't miss this, he's speaking judgment on the nations around them. The people are feeling that thing, because as long as you are pronouncing judgment on other folks' sins and not dealing with my sins, you can get an amen. But then suddenly Amos begins to shift that thing, and the book says upon shifting, he begins to deal with the sins of the nation Israel. I love it because he's from Judah, but he's preaching in the northern kingdom in Israel because he recognizes that injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere, said Dr. King. But y'all don't miss this. I love it because Amos speaks truth to power, and once he speaks truth to power, he now comes to that fabulous fifth chapter, and we remember the words of this fifth chapter, but don't forget the context because he speaks as a mouthpiece for our maker, and God says, I am sick of your festivals, I can't stand your music, and don't bring me another offering, but let justice roll down as waters, and righteousness as an ever-flowing stream. I'm loving this, because Amos is declaring that justice is what God is calling for in this crazy world. God says, get to the root cause, the root cause is injustice, and don't spend so much time engaging in charity, because if you fight for justice, then guess what? You'll minimize the need for charity. I guess y'all didn't like that. But in a real sense, when we fight for justice, we'll minimize the need for benevolence. That's what Amos is all about. So y'all give me just a few moments to give you three things. Raise up out of here, and we'll hear my man Oprah. Check this. Number one, the text says it makes me want to holler. Please don't miss this. When you recognize, and I love this part right here, in this life, where you come from, you just have to not have any bearing on where you can go. Let me do it like this. Never allow what's behind you to define a define
you, you need, I need a little uh, uplifting in these trying times, y'all. <laughs> yeah, we all do. Uh, I like uh, I like that uh, that passage uh, from the Reverend Freddie Hayes, y'all, talking about Amos, this minor prophet with a major message, y'all. Talking about the injustices of his day. <laughs> it's heavy stuff here. The book of Amos. Check it out. Check it out. Hey, uh, we, uh, the NFL, on a lighter note, the NFL uh, released their uh, schedule schedule for 2020. I don't know if they're going to play any football or not, y'all. I, you know, I'd love to see the game come back, but oh, I won't be going to <laughs> the Hushbow. Oh no, Hushbow won't be going to the stadium, y'all. I was season ticket over for 30 years. In fact, uh, one of the old players that uh, used to play with the Atlanta Falcons pulled up in my yard the other day. I'm out there in my yard chopping cotton. And uh, <laughs> he pulled up in my yard and wanted to know if the husband wanted to do some work for him. <laughs> he, he must thought I was a farmer. <laughs> I told him he got me twisted. <laughs> he got me mixed up with somebody else. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, I don't do that for for hire. <laughs> I was, yeah, I'm working with my daughters. I don't do that kind of work for hire, y'all. No. (laughs) I left the cotton fields 70 years ago. I left the cotton fields 70 years ago, (laughs) y'all. Hey. Somebody in the peanut gallery said, once a cotton picker, always a cotton picker. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but I, never, I was never a cotton picker. I was born in a cotton field. I was born in the middle of a cotton field. But I never picked cotton. <laughs> I never picked cotton. I'm sorry. Uh, y'all got me. Y'all been reading my book. <laughs> I, I don't think I got anywhere in that book where it says I picked cotton. I said I used to take water to my siblings and pick cotton. <laughs> I, oh, no, I got out of that. I got out of the cotton field when I was four years old, y'all. Take that one more year. <laughs> and I hung around that cotton field one more year. I, uh, I thought the would have... Uh, I probably would have uh, uh, picked that skill up, but uh, I got a little uh, a little too quick, yeah. Hey, y'all. Y'all stay safe out there. This this pandemic. The state of New York, the state of New York, it appears has uh, flattened that curve somewhat. 
but uh, everybody else, uh, I think they may be the only state that, well, no, I guess Washington, state of Washington, they was one of the first ones that uh, came in contact with it. But uh, I'm really impressed with the job that uh, Andrew Cuomo has did up there in New York. That guy's did, and a lot of other governments. Uh, he's just on TV every day, and he's more visible. And uh, obviously, we had the uh, worst outbreak in the whole country, and uh, did a did a heck of a job. Uh, leading the state uh, to where it's at today. They still got humongous problems, y'all. Times Square looked like a ghost town. I got an eerie feeling just looking at it with no people there. I've been to Times Square so many times and uh, still one of my favorite spots to just uh, crank it up and pull there if you need A change of pace. I tell everybody to go to New York, check Times Square out. That's what change, uh, change of pace. Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't want to live there, but uh, it's one of my favorite cities, New York. And I, uh, I, I just wish the, I wish them the best, and I pray that they uh, get this thing behind them as quickly as possible and get back to being the uh, most vibrant city in the world that it truly is a real soon. <clears throat> uh, and I look forward to getting back up there. Much like after 9-11, I, I look forward to getting back after the end. Uh, and uh, so is it uh, the same this time. I, I look forward to getting back to New York uh, to... Uh, to uh, experience the uh, enthusiasm of that place, the vibes of that city. Uh, take the A train to Harlem, you know, get off at 110th Street. Just cross 110th Street. You know, that's one of my favorite favorite cities uh, in New York. And uh, like I said, I just look forward to uh, the day when I can uh, get back there. Uh, for a, a long weekend to uh, celebrate with uh, with them, uh, yeah. But uh, I don't know. In the meantime, y'all stay prayed up. Uh, I don't know. You know. Uh, Seriously, though, uh, the two people that came in contact, well, tested positive for the coronavirus there in the White House, one of them, uh, or both of those people, come was regularly in close contact with the president. One of them was his valet, the other one was the press secretary of the vice president, Vice President Pence. Now, if that's your press secretary, uh, <laughs> That lady, that person's in your face every day, and the wife of uh, the the one and only Stephen Miller. 
so this is you know for this story is written and uh brought to a close a lot of other folks don't show up uh, positive uh in that white house uh that's just the nature of this beach uh a lot of other folks gonna show up positive for this coronavirus in the White House. That's just a fact, and they. I just hope uh, they take it uh, uh, take it as serious as it is, for their own sake. For their own sake, I hope that they uh, are taking this thing serious. Now. It's not a joke. This is not a joke, y'all. Yeah. I don't know where my falcons are at, y'all. Yeah. Getting back to uh, what I'm jumping around here, y'all. Yeah. But uh, I was telling you that uh, NFL released uh, released their uh, 2020 schedule. They don't know if they're gonna play uh, whether they're gonna play with fans in the stands or not. Well, they know they're not gonna play, play with a full house. Uh, there's no way that's going to happen by September. So uh, they're making right, they're making plans to play without people in the stands, y'all. Well, you know, the NFL gets a lot of, of their revenue off TV contracts, but hell, everybody's going to be down. TV contracts they ain't going to be worth much. The <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know the finances uh, of that, but... Uh, seems to me that everybody's going to take a hit on this thing. Uh, everybody's going to take a hit on this thing before it's all over. What are my kids up to? Wow. Well, I see them out there in the yard.
Hey, y'all. Uh, I just discovered I got a mulberry tree in my yard. There. <laughs> my daughter's just posted it on Facebook. So. I don't know. I got a ton of trees on this property, on my property here. And I, I don't know. That may be the first fruit tree. What? And there was mulberry or fruit? Well, it's a berry. So what? what is it? Can you ingest it? I ain't eating enough of that tree, y'all. <laughs> I might make some wine. <laughs> I might make some mulberry wine, but I, I ain't eating nothing off that tree. But yeah, I got a mulberry tree in my yard here. But uh, I have to do a little investigation. I'll keep y'all posted. Hey, y'all. Till next week, this is me. I'm out of here. I smoke. We'll be back with you next week, May 16th, y'all. Until then, y'all uh, stay prayed up and uh, stay out of the way of this uh, coronavirus, y'all. So we out of here. Uh-huh. It should play, but it won't. Until the next week, y'all. Ciao.